0: Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash, and let's dive into a new episode. Have you joined the Brand Insider private Facebook group yet? If not, head on over to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups slash the Brand Marketing Insider, where we make branding fun. Every day we network and build community and genuine relationships and learn tips all about building a brand stands out and makes an impact. I'd love to see you there. And I know everyone else in the group would love to learn from you and connect with you as well. So head out over there and join the brand marketing insider private Facebook group. How are you feeling today? If you didn't answer great, today's episode is definitely going to inspire you. Chelsea Haynes is here to share how healing your gut will help heal your mind. Are you ready to feel good, have less stress, more energy, and be more productive? Tune in and learn a whole new meaning to the phrase, trust your gut. Chelsea Haynes, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Thank you so much, Robin. I'm grateful to be here. You have had an interesting journey. And it's one that, you know, a lot of people hear the term gut health. And I think they think, ooh, gross. I don't want to talk about that. But you are going to shed some very, oh, what shall I say? More than just light, but some really fantastic light, I think, on how we can become more in tune to our bodies and shift not only our gut health, but our mental health related to how everything we consume and everything we do in our daily lives can really impact our overall success and happiness. Yes, absolutely. So before we dive into all of the nitty gritty, will you please tell the audience a little bit about you and your journey with discovering, you know, your own health journey and how you came to be a health coach and all of the insight that made you who you are today and how you're helping others?
1: Yeah so thank you so 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 much Robin and I'm really excited about this conversation that we're going to have because I think first and foremost let's just throw it out there we're going to talk poop <laughs> because the journey of self-development and everything that has led me to where I am now has been a continual process of unlearning and releasing and letting go and that's exactly what our body is doing when we pass a bowel movement is we are releasing and letting go and Ideally passing the toxins out that are not serving us or that we do not need right when we think about digestion What is digestion? We chew our food We swallow it down and hopefully we are assimilating the nutrients of that food and we are eliminating that which is not no longer serving us and the same goes with life right when we experience life experiences in hopes that we are digesting our life, right, trusting our gut and digesting our life, this has kind of become my motto, (laughs) if we are digesting our life properly and our life traumas and our life experiences, we are absorbing the nutrients, the lessons, the juiciness of those experiences, no matter how challenging they may have been. And we are releasing or letting go the things that are keeping us playing small, are keeping us fearful, are keeping us in limiting beliefs, and are keeping us kind of just stuck. So a little bit of my personal story of how I got here. It started way back when I was a child. Unfortunately, my parents' marriage failed. And I say unfortunately only for her healing sake and her journey, but I think now hindsight is everything when we reflect back. It all happened exactly how it was supposed to, and my dad was on his own journey in life. He abandoned us. My mom had to file bankruptcy. We lost our home. We were near homeless. It was a really challenging time. I was 12 years old, so I was prepubescent. I had to switch schools. It was a very weird time in my life. That planted lots of seeds of scarcity mindset, fear around money, the understanding that money was not made for me. It was made for someone else in this life. This compare and despair spiral that I went on for many years of all of my friends that have these Happy home lives and families. How come that's not made for me in this lifetime? So that kind of planted seeds of moving into high school. I really thought, you know, I have to prove my worth. I have to prove my worth. I'm not innately worthy. Look at what happened. If that was the case, my dad wouldn't have left. So on paper, I was super worthy. (laughs) Quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes for anyone who's listening to this. Uh, You know, I was captain of all the sports teams. I did the college credits with the International Baccalaureate Program. I was a straight-A student. I was involved with every academic program or extracurricular course that I could possibly do. So much so to a point that that stress, that burden, that weight of having to prove my own self-worth manifested in my body as autoimmune disease, which looked like psoriasis in my case. And I just thought that this was, you know, of course, I was swimming. I was playing every sport. So in the wintertime, I was swimming and I grew up in New England in Rhode Island in the cold damp wet winters and we were swimming in the chlorine pool at the University of Rhode Island and I thought oh I've got dandruff this is like must be really dry skin from this weather and that turned into anxiety I wore a uniform our sweaters happened to be really dark colored so you could see the dandruff that was falling on my shoulders and it turned into this like really anxious self-conscious thing so again this is proof oh my gosh I have to prove my worth and I mean, long story short, you know, come 18 years old, I basically just kind of had a breakdown. I thought, you know, I ripped up all my applications to all these Ivy League schools I was applying to, and just said, you know what, forget about it. I just want to be happy. So I ended up going to College of Charleston, South Carolina, which was like the best experience of my life. I put myself through school on a bartender salary, so I was hustling. You know, I really thrived on the hustle. I felt that that's what life was all about. You know, you hustle, you work hard, you study hard, you party hard, and you know, my lifestyle, though it was free and fun and I was successful financially because I was in the right place at the right time and I surrounded myself with the right people, I was still feeling anxious, feeling bloated. I didn't know. I thought that in order to be worthy, I had to just do more. So it was, I have to work out more. I have to study more. I have to work harder and do more, which then led to more psoriasis breakouts and more anxiety and more stress. So it became very clear for me that throughout this time, my physical well-being and my emotional well-being were very obviously connected. And I don't know if that awareness now that I know that I do what I do, that, that awareness is very deeply seated in all of us. It's just based on our life experiences how obvious it is for us. We've either forgotten that or it's very prevalent in our lives, And I feel that God has given me this gift of wisdom. Maybe otherworldly wisdom or other other lifetimes of wisdom to know that you know my physical wealth, <laughs> my physical wealth, right? That's the Freudian slip that was also very yeah. probably intentional. Physical health and well-being and wellness was very much correlated to my energy outward and my financial wealth and my abundance and quote unquote success in my life that I was experiencing. So in 2009, a year after I graduated college, I finally just kind of said, "You know what." I'm sick and tired of being shunned by these dermatologists who just keep giving me steroids to put on my skin that's not doing anything for it. All right, maybe it would make it go away temporarily, but then my skin would adjust or, you know, I it would thin my skin out to a point where it was sensitive and raw. It just I knew that it was putting a bandaid on a bruise. So in 2009 I said, "You know what? I was still bartending. I had just graduated college in 2008, which the economy crashed that year. There were you know, again, here I am kind of in this like relentless hustle of grasping for what I thought success was and hustling my way through life thinking I got to prove myself to somebody to be worthy of just being happy. (laughs) How ironic. So I finally said, you know what, I need to do something here. And I actually hired I did some research, and for the first time, I, I took the four hundred dollars back in two thousand nine, which was a huge investment for me at the time. You know, it was a whole night's worth of bartending, which you know, in retrospect, that was good money. But it was also like, man, I just bartended a whole night. That's also my rent for the month. So, like, yeah. who, who am I at you know twenty two years old to drop four hundred bucks on a health coach? But I said, you know what, this is worth it for me. You know, this investment, if I'm not willing to pay the expense for health, am I more willing to pay the expense for sickness? And I just knew I was no longer ready for that. So we embarked on a healing protocol. We did an inflammatory elimination protocol. We healed my gut. And that was you know 11 years ago. And I'm still now living life within these means. But Robin, it's really important that you know that as a health coach and the way that I look at health is through gut healing, but it is never about either or. The mindset piece of it, I, I studied psychology in college. I think that was also important to note because I really was desperate to understand human nature, and I think based on seeing what my parents went through and what I was personally going through, I was so yearning to understand on a deeper layer why people do what they do. <laughs> like
0: mm-hmm.
1: why are we in these habits in life that create our daily life experience and you know, maybe seeking a little bit more of a deeper understanding of why my parents' relationship happened as it did and how that affected my younger brother and I. But reflecting back now, that mindset piece, that understanding that if we live in this desperate, grasping, yet also elimination and sacrificial mindset, we are straight up living in scarcity and that will never stick. That will never stick. That diet mentality of, I have to do more. I have to work out more. I have to eat less. I have to restrict. I have to eliminate the joys and pleasure of my life. And if I don't do that, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to feel guilty. And I'm fearful of foods and lifestyles that give me pleasure because I'm afraid of the consequences of it. It's just this constant rabbit hole of going down, 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 down. So the pivotal of shifting into that abundance mindset really is about being willing to look in the mirror and saying, man, I live in scarcity. I feel victimized by my life. And I think I'm ready to change that, which that is the hardest piece of healing. <laughs> the gut health stuff is not even the hard part. That's like, all right, we can look at the microbiome of your gut. We can see what's lacking. We can see if there's any protozoa or, or microbes or bacteria that is overgrown that is causing you harm. And we can fix those things. But if you're not interested or willing to reassess the environment and the habits of your life that got you sick in the first place, You'll never be able to heal fully. So for my own personal journey, it was, all right, Chelsea, it's time to look at yourself in the mirror and get really real. So fast forward a little bit. I got married young to a man that I loved. And six years later, we got divorced. And I always say like, we got married in love and we separated in love as well. It was just no longer working. And that was another opportunity for me. This was 2015. I said, man, Girlfriend like here we go like we are on the next layer of healing here And at the time I was teaching yoga full-time. So I sought out my health coach I I decided to let go of the corporate jobs that I was chasing thinking that that money is what was going to give me happiness I let go finally of my bartending job that I just knew was no longer serving me I was up late I was drinking more often than I wanted to I was losing my days because I was working at night I became a yoga teacher. So at this time I was financially in theory on paper worse off than I had ever was because teaching yoga is super fulfilling in spirit and in body, but not so much in the bank account. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, you know, 2015 I said, you know what, this is just no longer working. And my husband and I decided to go our separate ways, which was just a whole nother deeper layer of healing. So my journey and my process to where I am now, which is happily remarried with a very successful business working from home as a health coach really has been a journey of trusting my intuition, trusting that which is greater than me, which to me kind of is one and the same. I do believe in God. I do believe in the Holy Spirit and how they work through me. And I feel like I am a vessel to the universe and that message coming through me to whatever ears are interested in hearing it. And in my own personal life, that's been a huge piece of it. So it's, it's been very obvious throughout the years that, My physical healing was in direct correlation to my spiritual and emotional healing, and they fed each other. And it was this systematic shift from fear and scarcity mindset to trust and an abundance mindset, all while going on the physical journey of releasing the things that are no longer working for me, right? Essentially, like (laughs) eliminating the toxins of my life absorbing the life lessons, no longer feeling victimized by those things that seemingly felt really hard and feeling like I'm a victor through them. Like through these hardships I have learned things that I would have never been able to learn without them. So that's kind of like the best I think I can do to overall share <laughs> the healing journey. There's obviously a lot more to it and in the last 5 years has been some of the best of my life. I've been a yoga teacher on private yachts. I met my new husband. It's been a whole another layer of deeper healing and learning and expanding and growing and becoming a health coach during that time was a piece of that process.
0: Oh my gosh. You said so many things that have so much value. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I really want listeners to take away is that, first of all, you followed your intuition because intuition is so powerful. And whether you're following your intuition as a Christian And you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, you believe in the Holy Spirit and their guidance and their power in your life, or you don't, and you just believe in the universe, that intuition is so incredibly powerful to guiding you into the next steps of your life and i love that you incorporate that and it it's funny because you know we always say trust your gut and trust that intuition and so you're kind of pulling all that whole thread together right now and weaving it through all aspects of our lives because you know our gut health and i can't wait for you to dive a little more deeply into this and how that gut health actually does influence our mental health and our emotional stability, but our ability to make really sound decisions, both from a personal and a business standpoint. And, you know, you talked about also learning from the mistakes you made and, and taking those mistakes and using them basically as, you know, Oh, what do you
1: what do you call it? Um, I call it like alchemy into lessons. Alchemy into uh, you know. There's no such thing as mistakes because they're all just choices that you've made that have led yes. you to where you are now. <laughs> right? Yes,
0: exactly. And there, you know, I'm, I'm actually working on a book on the side and that's one of the the things that I talk a lot about. It's like mm. we, everything we do is there's a reason behind it. And if yes. we make a mistake or we fail, that is a lesson learned. And it's, yes. it should never be looked at negatively. It yes. could be embarrassing, but it doesn't have to be because if you face it as a lesson learned and just a a stepping stone, you know, or I keep wanting to say sounding board, but it's, you know, it's that, just that lesson that that mirror to ourselves, right? Yes. That you can can take forward. Yes, absolutely. So I love so many things that you said, but let's start with those small manageable lifestyle shifts that you made. Because if we take on a challenge like shifting our entire life or our entire mindset it's impossible but you did it in ways that you took little steps and little shifts in both mindset and physical things that you were doing as far as diet and exercise and those kind of things so let's talk about those some examples of those small shifts that people can do to transform their lives but not have to do it in a way that is like you said prohibitive or making you miserable or making you unhappy, but instead transforming you gradually so that you can still be happy and yes. and do the things you love without completely eliminating everything. Yes, exactly,
1: Robin. So thank you so much for that. I'm I'm excited to dive into this. And I think one thing that's just important to know on the healing journey, you know, we are mind, body, spirit, right? So just like what you said, whatever, whatever it is that you believe in, and, and I learned this just the other day listening to Glennon Doyle she said spirituality is the water and religion are the cups so like if you don't subscribe to a certain cup that's fine like let's throw all the cups away right but coming to that understanding that like that which is greater than us that force that driving primal animalistic spiritual force inside us that just wants to beat the drums and dance through life like That is the river that is flowing through you and that is what we are connecting to here So I think it's important just to mention that for anyone who is a little confused about you know Where we're talking at least that's when I speak about the that which is greater than me It's the river that is flowing through me. That is that life force So the secondary thing is I always like to say When we work together as coach and client, which I'll always say, and where we start is the physical body. It's like hopping on a yoga mat, right? The first thing you focus on is the breath. It's the most tangible thing. It's the thing that you can feel, touch, taste, see, and hear. This is where we get measurable results. Because Robin, if I were to wake up every day and my joints are hurting, and I'm struggling to get out of bed, and I'm fearful to eat because I'm just so afraid I'm going to get so gassy and bloated that I can't even go into the office because I might accidentally fart. <laughs> like, or I'm going to be in so much pain that you know I just end up avoiding eating, and then I suppress my natural signs of hunger, and then I get super confused, and then I'm reading all of this information about intermittent fasting and FODMAPs and paleo and gluten-free, and, and I'm super confused about what to do you got to figure out what is perfect for you first. So number one, implementing help first and foremost. So whether that is somebody local or a doctor that's finally going to listen to you or a health coach that can work virtually with you, like someone to help you figure out your unique body. So this is where we start with the physical and where we can get those measurable results, but then it very quickly dives deeper into something more. So if you've ever practiced And I use yoga as an example because I'm a yoga teacher, right? But maybe it's Pilates or maybe it's some other exercise, right? Maybe you just love cardio. You go for a run. Sure, those physical results are immediately there, but it very quickly turns into that endorphin rush and something spiritual, something deeper, something more. So it's the same thing when we work together as far as healing the body, right? We start with the physical. So we're like, okay, I'm in pain. I'm scared to eat. I feel anxious about this. Let's start there because if I'm waking up every day in pain, I don't have the time or energy or effort to do the mindset work. (laughs) Like I'm just focused on feeling better. So that's where we start. But then the secondary deeper layer to that is now that ability to trust my gut, that ability to make clear conscious choices that are not reactive and emotionally based because I'm not feeling good, right? When we learn how to shift from this chronic state of fight or flight, which we all are living in, and if you kind of look at the history of my life, I was living in a survival state basically since I was 12 years old, right? This state of, holy crap, we're homeless, we're hungry, we have no money, what the hell is going to happen in life? And I'm 12 years old, what can I do about it, right? Well, I tried to do whatever I could. (laughs) And bless her heart, my mom did whatever she could, right? To this day, she finally just quit her second job. She's worked two jobs this whole time. So we go into survival mode and all of us experience this. So trauma is a very broad spectrum. Everything from at your second birthday, a balloon popped and it scared you and it sent you into this survival state. Your central nervous system went, ooh, that's scary to me. All the way to much more grandiose traumas that you guys can fill in the blanks of your own lives, right? Whatever that may be for you. The process of being able to come back to a place of trust and make those conscious choices to make these daily habit changes begins with dropping back down to a state of rest and digest. So we've always heard about fight or flight. Many of us have not heard about rest and digest, which this is the parasympathetic central nervous response. This is the baseline as human beings that we are meant to be operating from. It's been the one blessing, I think, one of the many, but one of the grander blessings that have come from 2020 and this pandemic is this forcing us to slow down, forcing us to take a step back, which is scary. And many of us experienced trauma in that experience of Holy crap, life as I knew it has just been ripped out from underneath me, and now I have to adjust. So for anybody listening to this, if that felt traumatic for you, which for all of us collectively as human beings it was, seek out help, because if you're not able to get out of that response to that, call a therapist, call a mentor, call a friend. Side note. (laughs) But the intention coming through this to digest this experience of this pandemic, I think has forced us to really realize the importance of slowing down, right? Gabby Bernstein, one of the people in my life who's taught me a lot, is she's, she says, "Slow down, sister.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Slow down." So this parasympathetic rest and digest response, this central nervous response, where our eyes are no longer dilated, our heart rate is no longer beating super fast. Our blood is no longer pumping to our extremities and to our core muscles, which is then sending signals to our brain that we're super stressed out through the psoas muscle. So this is where that brain, gut-brain access come into play. And this is where we can start implementing some of these habits. So sorry, this, this is like a longer answer to your direct question, but I think it's important to know the back because listen, Robin, it's not about doing more, right? It's, it's right. about being different. But how do I be different when I am just doing all the time? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's about implementing these slow, small lifestyle habit changes that will get you back down into rest and digest. So looking in our body, what's physiologically happening, right? The gut-brain access is a real thing. And I know you asked a little bit about that. So I think before we get to the actual, like, what can I start doing right now? It's important to understand why it's important. Because at the end of the day, as human beings, we will always seek pleasure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is more pleasant for me to do nothing and lay on the couch all day and Netflix and binge, probably, than like getting up and being productive when I'm not feeling good, right? It's more pleasant for me to go out and quote-unquote be bad or quote-unquote treat myself with alcohol and sweets, right? We associate being rebellious with food, which is a whole other layer to my coaching and what i do and how we how we start reframing what food actually is in our lives is it entertainment sometimes yes and that's okay do i feel guilty about that how can i change those limiting beliefs deeper layer and deeper understanding but the science of the rest and digest state right if i'm running from a from a tiger which in 2020 those tigers are Traffic and bosses and in laws, and our kids that are all home from school now, and those pets that have to get taken care of on top of everything else, right? These are the tigers of our life that we are running from. These are the tigers that we are feeling responsive to. This is when we don't have the ability to think logically. When we are in this state of I'm running from tigers as a mom, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a writer, as whatever it is you do in your life, we can't access logic. When all we are accessing is survival. So we have to drop down out of a state of survival because when we're in survival, like, am I gonna be able to sit down and enjoy a meal if a tiger is drooling behind me? No. What (laughs) physiologically happens in the body is digestion shuts down. The hydrochloric acid that you need in your stomach to break down your food, because your stomach doesn't have teeth, right? Our teeth is where digestion starts, but our stomach does have acid that breaks down our food. But if we are stressed out, that acid no longer produces because the body is worried about other physiological responses in the body, like our heart and our lungs and our core muscles that are now spazzing, right? And instead of running and exercising and moving it out and running away from that tiger, we're sitting at our desks or we're sitting in our chairs or we're sitting at our, in our cars, right? So we have to turn digestion back on. So for anyone listening to this, this is step number one, super small habit change you can start doing right now to help, number one, shift into rest and digest, and then number two, digest your food more appropriately, so that way you can more easily access logic and reason, so you can make more intuitive, trusting, and wise choices in your life when it comes to personal life and business life, rather than defensive and reactory choices. And that's breathe deeply. And listen, maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you'll hear it again. Maybe this is the time where you're actually going to hear it and it's going to sink in. I hope and pray that it is. We breathe in our chest. This is the fight or flight response. When I'm running from a tiger, I am trying to run really fast. I'm hyperventilating. If I can breathe diaphragmatically down into my belly, and we can even try it now. You Literally just lay on the floor, sit back, put your hands on your belly. And as you inhale, inflate your belly like a balloon. It feels really counterintuitive because Western society has taught us that women have to suck it in and stick our boobs out. And we just keep breathing into our chest to make that more appropriate and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to throw all that BS and diet mentality out the window. We're going to breathe down into our belly. So we're going to relax our belly muscles and we're going to push it out like we're pregnant. As we inhale, imagine a cup of water filling up from the bottom up. The cup doesn't fill up from the top down. It fills up. You pour it in from the top down, but it fills up from the bottom up, just like our breath. Scientifically in your body now, this diaphragm is going to expand and it's going to send a message to your psoas muscle, which is going to go directly up Your spine into your brain, and it's going to say, Oh, we're not running, we're relaxing. Science, people. (laughs) So, deep breathing is not just a woo woo thing for all the ancient yogis. This is a tool you have access to all the time, every time, moment by moment, when you're in a stressful meeting, when you're having a serious conversation with your partner, when you're trying to figure out what to do with your children, your teenage kids, do they want to go back to school or not? Trusting their intuition by you, not projecting your fear onto them. And you do that by breathing deeply through it and holding space for them in their process. So you can now trust yourself and them at the same time. So by just breathing, you're not only benefiting yourself, but you're benefiting everybody else in your life as well. You're instilling that gut instinct and that trust in everybody else as well. Because Robin, we are energetic being. If I'm stressed out and, and I'm in a state of fight or flight response, do you think my people in my immediate vicinity are not going to feel that as well. Oh, they
0: absolutely feel it. I mean, my kids, my kids know it. They're like, mom, you seem stressed. And they feel it. Yeah, absolutely. As empathetic and energetic
1: beings as we are, we are going to now fall into our own habits of trying to fix it and to try to soothe it because we're so uncomfortable with our own anxiety in our own bodies that we are not even comfortable with the people in our lives that we love and their anxieties. So this is another deeper layer to healing and self-transformation is being comfortable within our own skin with our own emotions. Emotions are in a spectrum. So again, changing our verbiage from good and bad to low vibe and high vibe, how do I shift from these low vibe emotions of guilt and shame spiraling up to hope and joy and reason and desire? And how can I Accept dyers as a good thing in my life. So these are again, these are the secondary benefits to physiologically healing our guts. (laughs) It's really life-changing work. So the secondary thing that you can do right now, as far as these small manageable habit changes, is the fundamental question is not what am I doing, but who am I being? And in specifically the case of gut health, who am I being while I am eating? I don't care what you're eating. I don't. As a gut health coach, I am probably against the norm of every single wellness practitioner out there who's trying to sell their products to you or their system to you. And I will say, listen, I don't care if you like cake and want to eat cake. I don't care if you love pizza. Like that is going to be a part of the lifestyle that we create. It's about who are you being when you are eating? that pizza, and that cake? Are you stressed out? Are you using it to cope with your anxiety? Are you using it to find sweetness in your life because you're not getting it from your partner? Are you blindly going down the rabbit hole of inhaling your food, and before you know it, my food's gone and I want more? And my brain doesn't even have time to process that I've just eaten an entire plate of food because I ate it so stressed out and so quickly that I'm still hungry and I want more. Who am I being? So deep breathing can help you be calm. It can help you be ready to digest your food. And then secondarily, it can help you remember to chew. So this is like, I guess, the the tertiary tip that you can start doing now. And I've mentioned it already, but chew your food to applesauce consistency. Robin, the average chew per bite is, well, let me guess. What do you think the average chew per bite is for an American diet? Chew, chew, chew. I'm going to say four. Four. It's three. Three. Chew, 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 swallow. Now remember what I said earlier, our stomach doesn't have teeth. It only has acid and the lifestyle that we live, we don't have enough acid, which by the way, if you have acid reflux, it's because you don't have enough acid in your stomach. It's not because you have too much. So those antacids and those over-the-counter proton pump inhibitors are actually causing way more long-term issues for you. So If you struggle with chronic GERD and acid reflux, like let's get on the phone immediately because we can fix it. And it's going to, again, mind-blowing, start by increasing your acid levels because your stomach doesn't have acid to break down and you're taking acid inhibitors. So you're literally doing the opposite of what you need to be doing. What you're feeling, that pain that you're feeling is actually fermented food that's sitting in your belly that isn't going anywhere. It's not moving anywhere. It's not breaking down. It's just getting rancid in your stomach. And because of that, the little valve on your esophagus is letting gas up, all those fermented foods. Gas is going up your esophagus and it's actually burning you. If I had a bucket of toxic gas next to me, do you think the fumes wouldn't also burn me? Of course they would. That's why we stay away from like acid and things that break things down. (laughs) Like The fumes are just as toxic. That was a side note. Start chewing your food. Give your stomach the benefit of the doubt. Chew it to applesauce consistency. Use your God-given teeth in your mouth (laughs) to break it down and also your saliva. So digestion starts in the mouth. Imagine if I were to eat a chip and I had saliva, but I had no teeth. That would hurt. That would would be really hard for my stomach to break down. It would be really painful and awkward, and and it it would be challenging to break down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now think of like this. If I ate a chip and I had teeth, but I didn't have saliva which when we are stressed out, our mouth does not produce saliva. That's another system that shuts down when we are in fight or flight. Then it's like this really dry, weird, I'm crunching, but it's not going anywhere because it's creating a paste in my mouth because I don't have any saliva and enzymes helping me to break it down. So spend time eating mindfully. Why do you think different cultures eat with their fingers? they enjoy the process of the feeling in their hand. They smell the smells. They enjoy the textures and the colors that they see on their plate. Take the time in your mouth. Put your fork down in between bites and just chew to applesauce consistency, which is about, and your mind is about to blow, 32 chews. (laughs) 32 is the number we're going for, people. Now listen, if it's mashed potatoes or applesauce, great. That food is already in that consistency that we're going for. But if I eat a piece of steak and I only chew it three times and I swallow it down, now I have these whole fibers of protein. Or if I eat salad, this quote unquote healthy meal, which by the way, a salad is not healthy for everyone. Raw foods are really hard to break down. For some people it is, for some people it's not. And this is where finding out your own intuitive signs of hunger and fullness, this is where working with a coach can be really helpful. Figuring out the foods that are perfect for your body ramping up your microbiome, the rainforest of microbes and bacteria in your gut, making that flourish and nourish. So you no longer have to eat low FODMAP, but you can incorporate more of those enzymes and nourishment for your gut to be able to bring in more of it. This is where the elimination mentality is very harmful for the gut, because if we just eliminate Brussels sprouts, because they give us gas and pain every single time, then the protozoa and the microbes in our gut that are there, the bacteria that's there to break it down will actually die off. This is why a ketogenic diet is also super dangerous. And I know there's probably a lot of people that are going to be like, no, but I've lost so much weight on keto and it's been life-changing for me. Amazing. But all of that fiber and nutrient-dense rich foods that you're missing out on and your body can no longer produce, there have been studies shown that actually the bacteria in your gut that you need to break down those fiber that is so beneficial for your body dies. And the only way that you can get it back is by a fecal matter transplant. Because if you supplement with probiotics, they're going to die as soon as they pass through your GI tract. So unless you want to swallow somebody else's poop, start eating fiber. (laughs) (laughs) That's what fecal matter transplants are. And I know, but this is the reality of the world that we live in and the marketing and the confusion that we live in.
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny that you're saying this too, in this whole keto diet thing, you know, my husband and I both have our doctorates and pharmacies. So we're very in tune to what's healthy, what's not healthy. Now, does that mean we always make healthy choices? No, but I'm listening to you and I have a, you know, I have a 21 year old son who is a bodybuilder and totally into health, has not eaten sugar or or products with sugar in them in I think six years. I mean he's so dedicated to this healthy lifestyle but he has friends who were doing the keto diet and they got very ill. It's simple. your yep. body is not meant to exclude you know God gave yep. us all these different sources of food because we're meant to have them to fuel our bodies and our minds. So I love that you're saying that because I think all of these exclusive diets are doing no no good. Only harm. Well, and term. this is
1: where I, I will say, Robin, you know, I do see value in a healing protocol. So even with me as a coach, right, if someone comes to me and I say and they say I've have, I have all these issues and they have fed the diet mentality, I've tried all the things, I've eliminated whole food groups, I'm nervous to bring them back in. This is where that emotional state comes in. And this is where that like we have to unlearn what we have outsourced that we know intuitively in my body. If I look at a garden growing in my front yard, my mouth is going to water naturally because those tomatoes, those peppers, those onions that are growing, that, those greens that are growing, like my body is made to eat. I'm like salivating thinking about it, especially in summertime up here in New England. It's like everyone's gardens are just so flourishing. I want my gut to look like that garden. So that way I can enjoy the pleasures of life without feeling guilty. And without going down this binge mindset, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of sugar. And this is where, again, unlearning what we have outsourced. And this is what intuition is. Intuition is the remembering of what we already know to be true. It is the remembering of our soul imprint, the soul contract that we signed when our spirit said, all right, I'm ready to go back to earth and learn a few more lessons here Buckle up, honey. Enjoy the ride. (laughs) Because it's not always fun, but there are ways to make it more pleasant, leaning into pleasure. And especially as women, right? We think pleasure is bad. We've been taught, we've outsourced, and we've learned that desire is going to lead us down this path of being a bad girl. And I'm going to get hurt if I lean into my desires. And I'm going to set myself up for failure because I'm going to be disappointed. There's so many layers to desire and pleasure. Right. We've been taught so much that even, you know, sexually as women, we can't be pleasurable women unless we're like, you know, some weird witchcraft voodoo woman who's like, you know, a nature woman like, oh, that's for them. As a high performer, as a business owner, as a CEO, I can't lean into pleasure because it might mean that, well, I'm just going to go down a bad path. I might get hurt. My business will fail. You know, sex becomes this thing that I have to perform. It's a performance along with everything else in my life. So, unlearning these things that we have outsourced, what we already know to be true within ourselves, which is pleasure is a good thing, desires are a good thing. And you know what? Maybe if I no longer live in these confines of this super strict, quote unquote, healthy life, and this is not. Not saying this with judgment. Disclaimer: I'm not at all. I'm saying this from the mentality of that wounded inner child that was taught that her self worth comes from living in confines of the boxes, as Glennon Doyle would say, the cups that society has put us in. Smashing those cups, unlearning those cups, unlearning all the BS that we've outsourced, and coming back to this true, intuitive knowing. I know when my body is hungry, and I'm I'm going to eat. I don't care what time of day it is. Now, again, there is value in intuitive eating and intermittent fasting to a point. And this is where if you come to me in pain and you say, Chelsea, I'm experiencing all these things, we will embark on a healing protocol for a certain period of time because your gut has been traumatized. Your physical body has been damaged from the emotional and physical stresses that we have thrown on it and have not learned how to cope with. And that includes everything from pesticides and GMOs and processed foods, which, again, this is kind of that fine line between what's healthy and what's, what's not healthy. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of honey in my tea in the morning, which is sugar. People are actually now fructose intolerant because they have eliminated the whole food group of fruits because they think that that sugar is bad for them. Now when they eat fruit, they get bloated and stressed out because their microbiome isn't used to it. It's died off. We are very resilient beings. Our body will respond to the environment that we're in. But Robin, I'll always say this. You cannot heal in the environment that got you sick. You just can't do it. And this is where right, being ready to make change and to take accountability for our own BS, to look in the mirror like we talked about earlier and say, all right, I'm ready to uplevel. Again, this circles back around to my own personal life. In 2009, I had just graduated college. I got laid off my first job. I was bartending. I was stressed out. I was anxious. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take a month's worth of rent and a night of bartending, and I'm going to hire help because I know that this investment will reap tenfold in return because I am no longer willing to invest in my sickness. And that took courage. It was not always easy. I had to go on a healing protocol that felt, challenging. I had to eliminate certain things in my life for a period of time to let my gut just uh, take a deep breath. If I'm not breathing deeply, neither is my body. So I have to, and this is one of the paradigms that I operate from, the body can and will heal if given the chance. So we have to understand in our mind that we have to believe in ourselves that our body is divine. And if you have an autoimmune disease, No, sister, your body's not attacking itself. So like, let's just throw all that out the window and stop trusting and outsourcing our knowledge to these doctors that are just shunning you and only giving you 10 minutes of their time, which also disclaimer, if I were to be in a car accident or break an arm or have to have emergency surgery, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else other than Western medicine. We have the best acute care in the world. Bless that medicine if it's helping you get out of bed every day. Bless that medicine if it's helping you get through the day. But if you're intuitively feeling like there's something more, your immune system was made in God's image. Your body is divinely and perfectly made. So if your immune system is attacking yourself, it's because it's confused. It's attacking something in your body, but it's not quite sure what. And in my case, I had leaky gut. So what was happening was Endotoxins from my food that I was not properly digesting were leaking out of my small intestines and into my bloodstream. So, what does your immune system do? It says, Oh, there's something where it doesn't belong in my body. I'm going to fight it off, but it's coming from food. So, it's confused. So, in my case, my white blood cells, your first line of defense against disease, which we all need, (laughs) especially during a pandemic. (laughs) was going into overdrive and was creating excess white blood cells and skin cells on my skin, which looked like psoriasis. When I healed that leaky gut, it was about going through a healing protocol and creating a lifestyle of and and more. So now, yes, I can enjoy a cup of coffee in the morning and it's fine. I can enjoy a glass of wine in the evening and I'm fine. I can enjoy the pleasures in life and have girls night and have a cheese board and be fine. Whereas 10 years ago, the thought of cheese made me want to throw up because I knew I wasn't going to poo every single day. Which, by the way, if you're not pooping every single day, you need to call me right now and book a call because you should be having a bowel movement every single day and it should be pain free and what I call a one wipe swipe. It should not be this like explosive situation. And if it is, there's no guilt. We can heal it,
0: right? I get really passionate about all of this if you can't tell. (laughs) But the oh more- my gosh. Your passion yeah. is like jumping off the screen at me. I'm watching you. And if, if the listeners could see my face, I think my mouth has been open the entire time just watching you because you your passion is just yeah. so evident. But I think it you said a couple of things that I want to circle back to real quick yeah. because I know you believe that the root of growth and development comes from self-awareness, humility, And self-accountability and you have said those three things in different ways several times and I just want their listeners to take note of that because you know we now have these examples of little things that we can do in our lifestyle every day every time we sit down to eat that can totally help us shift our mindset but also our physical health and I think in doing so we reduce the stress I mean, if you think about it, you know, I've read that flossing your teeth can help decrease or reduce stress. So if flossing your teeth does that, think what chewing can do for that. Exactly. Because chewing is way more pleasant than flossing. To be (laughs) Yeah. At least it tastes good. But you know, it's these little teeny tiny things. But if we can be aware of ourselves... And when we sit down to a meal, take those deep breaths. Now, is there a number of deep breaths that we should take? Is it like five or is it one? Yep.
1: So I implement what's called the five, five, seven breath. So you inhale for five seconds, you pause for five seconds, and you exhale for seven seconds. And
0: my general rule is do that three times. Okay. I think I read that on, I must've read that in one of your social media posts or your Probably. blog, yep. blog a post a or something, because yep. I had that in my mind that it was yep. five. So think about doing those things. Be aware every time you sit down to something. And then that humility piece, asking for help. Yeah, It's like you said, we're created in God's image, but we're not meant to be God. No. We need help. We're human. So use that humility and ask for help. And then that self-accountability, hold yourself accountable, hold yourself accountable for chewing 32 times. And I can speak to all of this because like you, I mean, I've suffered with that self-worth. I've suffered not having self-worth. I've suffered through anxiety. I've, you know, I've had an eating disorder when I was in college, I, and post-college. And I have been on a low FODMAP diet to try to heal my gut for leaky yes. gut. So I can relate to every single thing that you have said throughout this. So as your passions were going, I'm like I'm sitting here thinking is this a mirror image of myself? Like yeah. because I totally believe in this and and I've seen it firsthand how how shifting your diet and And really taking note and becoming aware of the messages your body is sending you can transform your ability to function mentally and make better decisions because you feel better. Yeah. And I'd love to add to that, Robin, if you don't mind,
1: something when it comes to habit change and being accountable, it's sort of like, okay, well, how do I remember to be different, right? Like, how do I remember to do this? And what I always say is you have to attach to your why. And I'll give you a very, very, very simple example because we talked about flossing, right? Two years ago, I decided to treat myself to Invisalign. And it was one of those things where I didn't have very crooked teeth, but I did have some crowding on the bottom. And never before this was I ever, an, I knew that flossing was good for me. It's one of those things like, okay, I know this is good for me, but I, I'm not going to do it. I didn't do it. It wasn't pleasurable, right? It wasn't something that I remembered doing every day. It wasn't, it wasn't part of my daily habit or routine. So when I got Invisalign, I thought, man, when I put these things in my teeth, the last thing I want is to have food stuck up in there because that will just breed bacteria and cavities, right? Mm -hmm. So my bigger why now became, ooh, I want good gum health. So it was now not about the flossing, but it was about being the person that doesn't want to have food stuck in their teeth and held in there by these Invisaligns. So by attaching to that bigger purpose, and this is just a very simple, silly example, but it can be for anything in your life. Why is it important to you to start implementing this new habit? I now floss every single day. Every night before I go to bed, I floss my teeth because I don't want to go to bed and lay in bed for the next eight to 12 hours, which is another thing I had to learn that I sleep a lot and that was okay. I used to feel really guilty about that, especially as a high performer, but As soon as I started just allowing myself the sleep that I needed, I no longer feel guilty and I feel refreshed when I wake up. (laughs) So I didn't want to go to bed knowing that for the next 10 or so hours on average, I was going to have food stuck in my teeth with these Invisalines in it. Because then I thought, oh, well, of course, then I'm going to have to get cavities and I'm going to have to get my teeth drilled. Like All that for me was more important than the flossing itself. So I started flossing. Now it's a habit. I can't imagine going to bed without flossing my teeth every single no, day. and I have to too. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I have it's, to become, floss. it's become, and after I'm 34 years old and this was, you know, 32 years of my life, I'd, I'd floss every now and again, or if I felt like something was stuck in my teeth, now it's just who I am. So part of that healing is truly reestablishing your identity of who you are as a person. How are you walking through life on your daily experiences? What are the habits that are keeping you sick and tired? If you're sick and tired of your own poop that doesn't feel good, (laughs) implement help. Be ready to look in the mirror, though, and that's what I always say. Like, I am not interested in forcing anybody to work with me because I'm not here to convince you that you're worthy of more. If you believe that you're worthy of more, all right, sister, let's do this. Like, I'm going to grab your hand. I'm going to get down in the trenches with you. We're going to navigate those trenches together, and then we're going to crawl out of them together to your best life. But if you're in the trenches and you're happy there, I'm not going to waste my time convincing you that there's something better on the other side because that's energy depleting for me. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and I think you make a good point. We're all capable of making decisions. We have free will. And if we are making a decision to stay stuck, no one can help us. We have to make the decision to change,
1: right? You can lead a horse to water, but you, yeah, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And that's where that accountability, and it's almost a layer deeper than accountability. It's that willingness to take responsibility for your own life. It's the willingness to say, you know what? Yes, bad things happened, but it didn't happen to me it happened for me and how can i alchemize that those basic metals into gold right how can i turn these horrible things that have happened in my life into the exact things that fuel me towards my life purpose towards my dharma towards my desires your desires are leading you towards your purpose but if you don't believe that for yourself nobody can teach it to you so there has to be that level of you know what I'm ready to put skin in the game. And for me at 22 years old, that $400 investment, that was my skin. I was like, all right, I'm going all in. I had to make that investment in my time, in my money, in my energy, in order to shift out of that scarcity mindset. And that was scary as hell because at the time I was still very much living in scarcity. I would hoard things and you know, save things till the last drop. I mean, now I live out of a suitcase. I don't even own anything anymore. That process of like shedding and unlearning and and trusting that everything in my need, all of my basic needs are being met. Thank you, Lord. And many people don't have that, which is why for the people who do live abundantly, we're called to help the people who don't have their basic needs met of safety, love, and acceptance, and also shelter and food, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But if you have those things, man, you're 20 steps above everyone else. So if you have those basic needs and you're just feeling like, "Ma'am, I know there's more in life, but I'm stuck down in the trenches and I don't know how to get out. You have to be willing to make the investment to change.
0: Yeah. 100%. On that note, <laughs> how can the listeners find you, whether they want to just follow you for all of the amazing content you put out related to not only gut health, but mental health and really striving to live your best life and taking those experiences, no matter how negative and turning them into positive and using them for good, both for yourself and for others, how can they find you? So on Instagram, I share tons
1: of free content and information. My handle is at the Chelsea Haynes. I also have a podcast weekly that comes out with free content called Let's Start Health. So if financially you're not ready to invest your money, you can invest your time in starting to learn about some of these things, free content that I share. And also on my website, I have a blog that I share lots of free content. And if you're like, you know what? I'm ready to make a change now. Go to my website, chelseahanescoaching.com and book a free discovery call. and We'll just hop on a call and get to know
0: each other for about 40 minutes and See what the next steps could possibly be for you. Excellent, Chelsea. Thanks so much for sharing your story and for sharing so much valuable information on how we can, you know, work to become more self-aware and take action to change to transform our lives into a more positive, healthy lives.
1: And thanks for holding space for me, Robin.
0: I appreciate it. Introducing the Brand Insider. The Brand Insider is my customized program in which I work with my team of vetted experts to create personal brands or to rebrand our clients, creating amazing visual content, copy, logos, websites, videos, as well as managing social media accounts and providing information on a what the importance of social media actually is and how to use it to grow your engagement and sell without selling. We build brands that stand out and make an impact. Visit my website, www.RobinGrahamPhotography.com and go to the menu item tab that says the brand insider where you can learn all about personal branding and what we can do together. To help you and your brand soar to new heights in 2020. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at The Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, the Brand Marketing Insider. Please spread the word about the second phase podcast. Until next time, remember to smile.